This is Paul Nobles from Eat Form, and I am normally sitting here with another coach. The coach tonight is going to be my right-hand woman, Sarah Kumar. If you're not familiar with Eat Form, we have various levels of how we sort of do things, and one of the levels is group coaching. And actually, Sarah is signing on just now um, and so she will be joining us really quickly but anyway so we have kind of our basic membership and then there's actually two other levels um, in in between the basic membership Sarah if you want to say hello to everybody hi everybody so we're in podcast land right now so and we are recording we just started I didn't know Sarah was having, you know, are you still using, what, Tommy's computer or? Uh, yeah, nope. I've been kicked off the gaming computer. Okay. I really got to love it, but I got gotcha. you. it over. <laughs> I uh, wish, honestly, I wish everyone could see Sarah's hair right now. Cause... Get out of town! <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this? How about, I literally just walked in the door from picking my daughter up from college, a two hour drive, getting her wisdom teeth out. She's telling me she's crying, bawling in the car, okay? <laughs> her mouth is like, he got they were cracker jacking my mouth. I, they were dizzy. I'm like. All right, so is, all right. I, I mean, I guess it's. it's I like the messy look. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go with that. You know, the um, uh, <laughs> well, you guys are are getting a little feel for what our group coaching calls are like each day, um, and uh, in general, like I said, we have basically the basic membership. Then we have kind of a quick start, which is actually getting a bit of a facelift. I'm actually really excited about that. And then uh, group coaching, which is kind of our most intense way. And we actually have four people on our team that attend to all of the people, which is roughly 150 people right now. And uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about uh, reversing out of. Um, you know, out of a deficit cycle. That's kind of part of fat loss chat. Part of the reason why I was thinking of this, and, and this is a topic, obviously, we cover a fair amount, but what is sort of interesting right now is this is my third day. Have you stopped your, your performance-focused fat loss cycle or no? Well, Today will be my last day of it. Tomorrow is my final weigh-in. Okay. So I'm really excited. <laughs> I see. I'm so excited. It looks it looks like you you just stuck your finger in a electric socket. That's how excited you are, Sarah. <laughs> Listen, we can talk about your hair oh, another day. Hey, Come look, on. I'll just tell you, you know, I had to put on a hat, and I I only I don't even have that much hair. You know, um, so so definitely I, I went with hat instead of, well, we're on a podcast, so it's not that big of a deal. Crazy. Anyway, yeah. so everyone says, quit the chat, quit the chit chat, let's get to going here. So No, actually, I'm just going to say somebody just said my hair is adorable. 
I know. That's... And I can't tell who said that, but thank you. It's Sherry. Sherry, Sherry's like oh, the, Sherry's so sweet. Sherry's the nicest person ever. She tried to she tried to give me her goat to eat at the African restaurant that we were at <laughs> in Colorado. I was like, I am not eating buttercup. Um, and then I showed her we were eating we were eating goat at this African restaurant at the Colorado meetup, and so I showed her the the video of buttercup, the little the oh. little goat that was like hopping over the other goats then kicking them and stuff um yeah so probably not the best thing to show someone while they're eating was she still hungry after that yes no she we we it was actually really good i i liked it um you were probably eating buttercup's grandma i know it was kind of brutal um for sure so one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about the idea of of how to reverse out of things is because I'm actually posting videos on the main page and I have a journal post that has my scale pictures and links and my MFP food log so all my stuff is being logged and and I was talking to another staff member and they were like, wow, you are really super brave, you know, for putting all that information out there. And I said something to her that I wanted all of you to hear, you know, that eat form is not a joke. <laughs> like, like no. it's, it's for real. You know, Sarah and I both, you know, we, we coach people through, you know, eating a normal amount of food, but you know, real foxhole people, you know, we actually do it. I mean, one of the things I'm most proud of is the fact that every Eat to Perform coach eats to perform. And we right. set the example for people. And so if I'm not willing to show my scale weight, if I'm not willing to show my, you know, uh, food log, to me, that seems a little insincere, you know? Right. Um, you need a fireman calendar. I show my fireman calendar. That's where I write my week down every day. I don't need, and I don't need a fireman calendar. Didn't, didn't a customer send you the fireman calendar? Yeah, a client, see, an awesome group coaching client. See, that'd be weird, you know. Like it was awesome. They all autographed each page, each model, each fireman. Yeah, no, I, I'm not down for the fireman calendar. <laughs> so, but what I what I think is is sort of interesting is like a. For me, it was an opportunity to do something that I really haven't been able to do since the beginning of Eat to Perform. And my various other performance-focused fat loss cycles, I've done things similar, but not to the extent... Well, okay, so I did things similar during the deficit phase, but I didn't really focus on the reversing phase. And what's interesting about the reversing phase is that's where I think everybody struggles. I think everybody really struggles with the, the reacclimation part. And because we're writing a book right now on recomping and, and, and things like that, I thought it'd be kind of cool to show people, you know, how I'm upping my calories, you know, gradually. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also, and, and I'm playing with some different ideas. Like today, 
uh, one of the things that that I'm doing is kind of upping my carbohydrates. It's not really a workout day per se, but I have been active. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I did various calisthenics throughout the day and you know, went for kind of a longer walk. But when you are reversing out of kind of this restricted way of eating for a while, you sort of get into this habit of eating foods that are filling, eating a fair amount of fiber, eating popcorn, mm -hmm. eating kombucha, drinking kombucha. And so yeah. what I'm trying to do today is actually bring in a little bit more energy density to the equation. So, and we, we talk about this a lot, you know, for people that are, you know, coming from an under eating background or reversing out of performance focused fat loss where, you know, you would want to have some energy dense foods. But, but what I think is, is really interesting because Today, you know, my sleep wasn't phenomenal. And when I was talking to, uh, you know, the coach that I was talking to earlier, I'll just, you know, I'm not going to bust her out. Um, but when I was talking to the coach earlier, one of the things they said was, don't you feel pressure, you know, and maybe it's good for accountability. And what I said to them at that point was, I don't need other people's accountability. You right. know, I don't do it. Like when you, I mean, do you, can, does that resonate with you? Because to me, if you do things for other people, you're going to really struggle long term. It has to be for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like when. I am trying to, I mean, uh, there is obviously a piece where you, you're slightly more motivated because 1.5 million people are going to see it, you know, but at the same, but at the same time, I don't need the 1.5 million people because right. I got, I got me, you know what I mean? Right. And well, I it, think that it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick if you don't do it for yourself. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you're not really learning from that yourself then and that's where i think like like some of the goals you know that are more shallow in nature tend to get hard to adhere to because you know those those cupcakes come a calling at some point oh you know? man, yeah yeah and so if it's not if it's not based out of something real i think that most people will struggle there but you know there are a million reasons why people need to start, you know, it, it, it's, I remember this so well when I first started off that it was about health for me, you know, because mm -hmm. being 230 pounds and struggling to walk up the stairs and, you know, all this stuff and just feeling physically incapable. Um, mm -hmm. But, but it was really funny because quickly it turned to, I need abs. You know, and now I, I think that it's much more real, you know, like when I first started off, 
I didn't really know the path that I was going to need to get to where I ultimately have gotten. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I knew like talking on the internet wasn't the wasn't the plan. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like I do I do feel like there's a lot of people, and we talked about this a little bit with Kim on the group coaching call. Sarah abandoned me today so she could help her kid with, you know, um, oh, wisdom for teeth. Loud, yeah. who could be a good mom. <laughs> for being a good mom. She's actually That's- right now, you know what she's doing? I can hear her FaceTiming her friends. Talking about, look at how that is. I mean, okay, so now here's another thing that I think is like really important because one of the things that, that people will often say is, you know, I don't have time to do any of this kind of thing. I mean, yeah. You, That's, yeah. you got three kids, right? Uh, yeah, and you're, I, you're, I, after this call, I've got to go pick up somebody from a theater right. and make dinner. Yeah, and you're a single mom, right? Yeah. And you have a very yeah. demanding job where you care for a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. But And I have to do that still tonight, too. Yeah, but I mean, like, at the same, at the same point, you know, you don't use it as an excuse, and you still mm-hmm. stick to, you know, the plan. The plan, obviously... Changes at times, you know, because you have to, you know, whether it's, you know, you don't start off by trying to squat a lot of weight by just getting under that 500 pounds and just going for it. You know, you got to start down the path. And I think too often people want to skip steps and they want to sort of miss where the real magic is. And the real magic is sort of peeling back the onion, figuring out what works and doesn't. Now, I will say this, you know, as I'm tracking, it's kind of interesting because the last couple of days, my tracking, you know, I've been sort of relying on foods that were similar to my performance-focused fat loss. And I think I'm sort of seeing that I need to kind of you know, embrace a little bit more energy density. You know, I think mm-hmm. um, I actually have all my calories um, logged right now, even though I haven't eaten all of them yet. Um, yeah. But today's calories were 2,700. And so far, I don't think I've been higher than 2,350. Um, and so it, it's going to be, I think, I think it's going to be really enlightening for people, but it's also, I mean, there's a part of me that like really is taking to this challenge because when I first started Eat to Perform and when I started doing all the really hard work, it was like eight, six to eight years ago, you know? Yeah. Most of, you know, when when the, the page for Eat to Perform started, you know, I weighed 165 pounds at that point. And right. so a lot of the things that I had learned along the way weren't things that necessarily I've been able to kind of show people in real life. You know, mm-hmm. the people that were around at that point, you know, like April and James, you know, we were still kind of stumbling through various pieces of that. But now having thousands of people doing similar things, the right. thing that really occurs to me, you know, as I'm doing push-ups, as I'm doing pull-ups, as I'm going for longer hikes and, and stuff like this. It's just the amount of commitment 
to making sure that you succeed. You know, I, I was going to mention earlier that when Kim was on the call today, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when people go into a fat loss phase or any kind of bulking or whatever it is, they go in and think, well, my plan B will be this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you have it's a plan, like yeah, yeah, if you have a plan B, trust me, you're gonna you're gonna be doing that plan B real soon. You know. Well, I mean, that just is guarantees failure. Yeah. Because you're giving yourself an out. It's it's like you're once you open that door for you know mediocrity. Yeah. It's there already. It's already got its foot in the door. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the other day, uh, you know, it was the second day. Um, I had something wake me up in the middle of the night. Uh, couldn't get back get back to sleep. Was talking to Sarah because, you know, we had group coaching. Um, and then right before group coaching, I was able to nap for about, I'd say, 45 minutes. And so I went into group coaching, was kind of energized you know by the nap and then I left and really was feeling great you know now one of the things that I should mention is that the two nights before I had slept nine hours and nine hours and 15 minutes so I was fairly well rested and then after the one night after the nap I end up doing hill sprints and I know what the plan is. Like, for instance, I know tomorrow I'm competing at an event in Sarah's gym on, what is it, May 7th, I believe? May 7th, yeah. the day before Mother's Day. And and so the, the workouts have been coming um, mm-hmm. slow and steady. And so I have you, I'll be uh, testing those workouts on Fridays. And so that's what my plan is tomorrow. Um, awesome. My plan on Saturday is we have an Eat Form meetup in Kansas City, and so there's a partner workout on that day. So I know what my workouts are on each day, and right. um, I tend to try to do them. You know, um, today was really sort of a, a rest day. I had planned on kind of not not being super. Uh, you know, fitnessy, but I was motivated to do some stuff. And so, right. you know, I did a little bit of ab work. I did, a, you know, I think I did like 60, 70 push-ups, you know, 20 to 25 pull-ups, you know, um, various things. Just kind of, just kind of, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get something in. You know? I carried my daughter up and down the stairs. Yeah, we'll that's see that. Activity. I got... Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so I wanted to talk about the other thing too that that was sort of um it's, it's big news around here. I'm assuming it's big news where you are too. That Prince died. Oh yeah. He's one of my all time all time favorites. Okay, but you're okay. See, but you were okay, like being a Prince fan, being a guy. Growing up in New Orleans. Okay, so here's my Prince experience. Um, and by the way, uh, someone's raising their hand. 
you can just ask questions in chat and we'll get to them in just a second. But Little Red Corvette was my first um, record. I bought Little Red Corvette and uh, the... That was your first record? Yep, and, and the David Bowie, um, not not anything really good by David Bowie, like one of the... Um, one of the super poppy ones, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. And, and I remember when purple rain came out, like that movie touched me, um, oh, yeah. in a major, major way. And I remember my, my best friend at the time, we loved that movie and it was like the, you know, all the women love that movie, but not a lot of dudes loved it, you know? And I, I just remember calling into the local radio station, um, trying to get into the top five for that night, you know, some of the songs from that album. And in Minnesota, Prince is like the world here, you know. I, I didn't realize that's where he was Yeah. until listening to the radio today. Yeah. I mean, the I Prince, no Prince like will just show up at bars and just sing for a while, you know. Um, and oh, that, was that where you got your karaoke skills from? That or is not, no, no. The, um, <laughs> don't, don't. Don't use don't, don't use Prince's name in vain. Did you know that? Were you singing Little Nicky with Prince? I did not. Maybe we'll break that out for a summer camp for everybody. Um, yeah. But the uh, you know what the, I remember when I moved to Minnesota, the you know I was like totally alone. You know I've talked about it. I don't have any problem saying it. But I went to drug treatment up here. And, you know, when I would talk to people at home, like the two coolest things were Prince and the replacements, you know, and, and so I like dove into, um, you know, the local music scene here was really, really super cool at that time. It's still, it's still pretty hopping, you know, um, it it wasn't quite, you know, Morris Day and, and, and Prince, it's a little bit more rocky, you know, I would say probably, Oh shoot! I can't even remember the the. Um, I, I'm I'm short on my brain, but there were well, a few. That's because you're coming out of your pickle. I know, I know. It's you know you need it to sucks your brain juice out. This is this is why we need two people, right? So we can have. Kind I know. Of... I, I'm yeah, tag team. But yeah, I'm just trying to remember. There were there was a lot of local rock bands. Replacements were big. Um, Shoot, I can't remember who they were. They do. They weren't huge bands for me. The only bands that really mattered to me were the Replacements, you know, Prince, um, and then any like local bands that that we were seeing. But there was always kind of a cool music scene. Um, in terms of anything interesting coming up in, in group coaching lately, that that would be kind of interesting to people. I think probably the the thing that I'm seeing for most folks is just you know how well things are going you know and and how i think the message is sort of resonating and right now you know for people that don't know our group coaching is limited to 500 people and Mm -hmm. so we kind of have a pretty stable group in there and in general, you know, we always start off a call and ask people, you know, how their weight has been. And almost everybody is, is really doing well. And then the yeah. people that are, you know, 
uh, who was it? Tori, I think I was talking Tori? to. Tori? Was Tori on today? Yeah. I mean, she's... Uh, she's, she's rocking her pit bull. Yeah, she's she down... kicking his butt. Yeah, she's down 13 pounds. So yeah. um, that, that was really cool. And then, you know, we just had... I, I just... The thing that... The thing that I said to her and that I think is is something, you know, Sherry, Sherry's been doing really good. She's on the call right now. Um, what I'm seeing from everyone is work, you know? Yeah. And, like, as I was listening to, because I, I told Sarah, like, I was really amped for tonight's call. Because, you know, I'm, I'm doing this hike, you know, I'm all alone listening to music and kind of getting amped up. But part of the, the thing that I'm thinking is that, especially with so many people, you know, clicking my, my food log and, and checking my weight on a daily basis and stuff like this, you know, it just seems like such an awesome opportunity to expose people to the fact that, that doing matters, you know? Yeah. And so many people you know, really want to cuddle up to kind of the calories being the secret. And yeah, frankly, totally. yeah. And frankly, you know, it, it's, it's a part of the equation for sure. And it's definitely, you know, like today, last couple days, I've been probably a little bit lower carb than, than obviously I will end up being tonight. I think my carbs for tonight Oh man, I can't wait to be in your shoes. I just, I just want to be just tomorrow to come. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm assuming that I'm, I'm at about 350 grams of carbs, but I, I have my phone on airplane mode. Nice. Um, but just the, the level of energy. Now I will say this. Um, I did squat the first day back. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't really admitted this to anyone other than the people in GC today. Um, but like, I could barely walk. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Well, just because, you know, what I was trying to do was get in a fair amount of volume. So I did like fives mm -hmm. all the way up and then I did a set of fives and then I downsetted fives and tens and, and really was working on that muscle activation. Yeah. But when your muscles aren't full, you know, and when you are, you know, kind of yeah. in this depleted state, man, you are much more susceptible to being sore, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And sore, you know, sore is sometimes the goal, you know, because obviously you want to be able to activate the muscle, tear it down, build it back stronger and stuff like that. But I think there's, there's a point where you like, want to know that you felt good, but then there's the point where you can kind of overdo it. And I think I yeah. probably overdid it a little bit. It was probably a little uh, more, but that's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the other thing in group coaching that is kind of uh, added to why everybody's doing so well is more talk about recovery days and whether you're, whether you're piffling yeah. or you're maintaining, I think that it's kind of like, um, like a, an evolution, you know, you kind of evolve and learn. I don't know how many times I've heard what is lists, you know, I've told people a million times, make sure you're getting, you know, a good three or four days of lists. Like what's this? Well, that means learning that now they're becoming more active because they're doing. So what is, of, so for people listening to the podcast that don't know what lists is, what is lists? 
uh, low intensity steady state cardio. So that would be a, you know, a good, a good at least hour long walk or uh, a nice easy row, something that's going to build your burn without creating stress the way we do in our, you know, heavy lift sessions or um, super furious cardio sessions. But now I think learning to take recovery days is that's been huge for people. Yeah. See, like I said, today's, technically a recovery day i mean even though i did a few push-ups and pull-ups and stuff like that it wasn't like major work and then yeah. you know people say well you know i just don't want to sit around on the couch i don't do that you know i, I right. go for walks you know or i, I try right. to get out i mean it's obviously nice nice weather now um and you know you know being spring in minnesota you know the weather can be kind of iffy so you know, if I see the sun's out, I tend to go for it, you know, as long as yeah. I have, you know, an hour free or so. But that's what, what, I, yeah, but what I think is also really interesting that's come up a lot lately is just the fact that when people hear that we have Olympians doing need to perform and we have CrossFit games athletes and high level power lifters and stuff like this. They often think to themselves that that's the only way they can succeed doing need to perform for myself. And I think this is probably, you know, the same for you, Sarah, the, mm -hmm. um, the, the, I think it's the fact that you can do it without killing yourself is the thing yeah. that I'm, it, that's the theme that I'm hearing the most, you yeah. know, that people are yeah, sort of absolutely. surprised at that piece of things. Yeah. So Sherry was asking, Paul, how are you after Red Rocks? I walked like a zombie for a few days. Good to know it was okay. <laughs> I felt that way. Um, I was fine after Red Rocks. Uh, you know, I think I was, well, first of all, I was a little surprised that I felt so good in the altitude. I, I definitely expected the altitude to bother me more than it did. Um, there were definitely patches of our hike, you know, as we were going through Red Rocks and the elevation was a little high. And then, you know, we were kind of dealing with hills and such like this. Um, but I just kind of kept moving and kind of keep the pace moving. But I didn't really feel sore. Now... I would say that the thing that benefits me there are the rucks that I do. You know, I tend to do a couple rucks each each day so or each week. And so, you know, hiking is something that, you know, my body is sort of acclimated to at the moment. Yeah. It's going to be real and interesting. Sherry's piffling too. We should say Sherry's still kind of piffling. And Sherry, yeah. if I did that, I would be super sore too. That's true. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was piffling... I was piffling there. Um, I guess we should say for the people that are listening to the podcast that that don't know what piffle is. Piffle is performance-focused fat loss. It's basically a deficit cycle. Um, and uh, it's kind of our formula for fat loss. And then, obviously, the, the period where uh, you would be going up, you also will you'll be looking at fat loss as well. That's sort of what I'm trying to show people um, with my journal being so public is that, you know, as long as you're staying within sort of a range of weight, 
but yeah. your calories are going up and your work is going up, you're almost certainly building lean tissue in that process. The problem is, is that most people get too scared of doing it. And so I'm really right. trying to use myself as an example. Um, Sherry is saying that April was sore. Um, April did not complain to me. You know, we were hanging out the, the good majority of the time. Uh, but I was actually really, I don't know if I told you this. April was, um, April was, you know, doing the workouts with us. We did kind of a crossfitty kind of thing. Um, it wasn't super crossfitty, but, uh, I was teasing April that she doesn't do a lot of cardio, that she does a lot of oh, yeah. bodybuilding type of stuff. And oh my goodness, it was like, it was like, you know, the, the, I, I just remember it this way. Okay. When I was like six years old and there was the one girl on the playground that would literally just like shove your head into the ground. That's what I feel like. <laughs> I, that's what I felt like I woke up in April. So that was pretty funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I was going to say the other thing I, I feel like in group coaching as well that's kind of evolved with people is is exactly what you're talking about is being more intuitive with – I think people are, are coming around starting to learn, and this is through our weekly journal reviews that we're doing and, and the daily check-ins that people are posting in their journals. That's so helpful. Um, but seeing things like, okay, I know I want to add more carbs, but I'm, you know, my weight's been going up, so I'm going to hold here for another few days, and then I'm going to add a little bit more carbs. You know what I'm saying? Instead yeah. of sticking with a rigid, it doesn't have to be so rigid. You know, oh, this week I'm adding 100, you know, 100 calories. Well, what you know? I'm doing today, I think, is something that most people would be scared of, right? So yeah. they've been eating in a relatively restricted way. And, um, you know, when I look at my weight and I look at my calories, I've eaten a few things, but in general, the calories have been sort of the same. And so to me, that's a signal that maybe I'm still kind of too into performance focused fat loss land right. and I really need to move to Push you know the, the pushing side you know so tonight mm -hmm. I'm having rice checks with with protein um mm. earlier to keep talking early, keep talking about all your but earlier today I ended up having like a mini butt cake um and oh. so yeah yeah so so these are all things that are are in your future. But, you know, as, as people are listening to this, you know, first of all, I mean, I, I had salad, I had steak, you know, I had a lot of whole foods. I had, I had ground beef with uh, root vegetables for lunch. Um, I actually posted. That looks so good. Yeah. That dish that Vicky makes looks so good. Yeah. But I tell you one thing, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you, do you follow me on Snapchat? Yeah. Did you see what I said about the place that we get the root vegetables from? Because no. when I screened it or scanned it for my food logger, it said that the whole package was like 250 calorie. The butter alone is 250 calories. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that is one thing that I think 
you, you know, even if something is verified, I still question some of these calorie counts. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like it seems... I mean, with coaching, too, people are always... They, they realize that as well. Yeah. You and, can't trust every... And I, well, but it's not just trusting everything. Obviously, your, your, your body's going to react better to certain foods, right? And, you know, like we talked a lot about during performance focus fat loss, that, you know, the more you can eat similar foods, you'll know how your body reacts, so you tend to know what the result's going to be. What I think happens for, you know, a lot of people, though, as they're coming out, they get sort of scared to add these foods in. And so that's why I'm trying to kind of lead by example. But I think that often people will look at it, well, why is this guy trying to get me to eat more? Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of proving it, right? You know, right. as I've added, absolutely, as I've added this food in today, I felt more energetic and felt like doing more stuff, you know? Right. And so uh, it's not just a matter of trying to get better at exercise. It's a matter of being a better dad, be a better husband, you know? Healthy, yeah. Yeah. Being healthy, I feel like. And the other part, you know, we've talked about it before, but doing this and pushing calories and, and helping people do that, that's what sets them up for such a successful fat loss cycle, yeah. you know, like we've talked about a million times, you and I not dieting for, you know, a good time, yeah. not doing a, a, you know, a cut cycle, but eating well before you dive into that makes what, you very successful. I, I went back and listened to the Lane Norton interview that I did with him. Um, and, and that was interesting, you know, and I, I, there were a few things from that, that, I just still, you know, it was one of the best. If you haven't listened to that one, I think it's called Healing Your Metabolism with Dr. Lane Norton. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is obviously a bodybuilder. He works to get people to like these extreme levels of fit. And, uh, you know, he's one of the more outspoken people that says the more that you diet, the less successful you will be at dieting. You know, right. and he even goes as far as to tell people, if you've been dying, dieting for the last four years, then you need to stop dieting for four years, you know, to actually recover yeah. for it. And I don't know that that is, is necessarily true. And I actually talked to him about it on the podcast that we did, but I do think it sets people up mentally for what really a healthy body looks like well how a mm -hmm. healthy functioning body works you know if you're constantly mm -hmm. in you know the the cut mode then that's not going to be positive so Aubrey's saying I've been at this for a few months crossfit five to six times a week my weight is always the same lifting way more rxing wads feel great have had almost zero soreness since I've started ETP normally when I'm eating eating a good amount of food I am not sore. I'm actually sort of interested in this time because I'm probably going to recomp under 175 and potentially down to 170 over a very long period. We'll see how that plays out because, I mean, if I can go from what is roughly 15% to 10% without losing any weight, then I'm going to do that. You know, mm -hmm. but... If I find that, 
you know, kind of hitting some of these lower. What what what's going to be interesting is that as I move into competition season, you know, I have three competitions this summer. As I move into those, I kind of think the volume is going to do a lot of work for me. So we're going to see, yeah. you know, but um, but yeah, normally I'm not sore either. Um, I do. I'm sore, but I, I know a lot of people with with increased carbs definitely lose that soreness. But I think that the other thing too is that I am usually less sore when I'm crossfitting. But when I am looking for hypertrophy, and I'm actually usually less sore when I'm powerlifting, but when I'm looking for a hypertrophy phase, you know, where I'm trying to build muscle, I'm actually trying to get a little sore, you know? Right. Um, I mean, not not like, I literally cannot, I, I, it's hard to bend over to pick up my dog, you know? That's yeah um if you got if you guys tell anybody i, I will deny it um but she's saying it's a good thing to not be sore and I, I don't think that being sore is necessarily prerequisite but i think it's not bad occasionally also but should i be pushing myself harder is it okay to not be sore i feel like my soreness in the past was evidence of my hard work well i think it sort of depends and i think it's it's certainly okay to not be sore but what I think is super helpful for people is to have some level of hypertrophy work. And one of the things that I'll be doing going into these competitions is that I won't be spending my time, like I know that there's going to be movements that won't set up well for me. You know, a great example might be strung together toes to bar. I can do strung together toes to bar. As I move closer to the competition, I will start practicing toes to bar more. But as I'm moving up to the competition, I'll just do knees to chest. And the reason being is for me to do toes to bar, I kind of have to do a swingy thing. Now, I will work on quicker toes to bar during skill work. And that is one thing that I always suggest to people is that if you have a weakness, don't work on it in a wide. You know, take some, right. take some time outside of the wide to work on it. You know, double unders is obviously something that I'm still struggling with even six, seven years in. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't know that I'll ever be good at that, but, you know, like a lot of the people that got their first muscle up, uh, in the CrossFit Open, I honestly think a lot of them would have gotten their first muscle up if they had done it during Open Gym. You know, right. if they had tried it, if they had the only reason that they got their first muscle up there in the CrossFit Open is because they tried it in the CrossFit Open the rest right. of the year. You know, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm, I'm, I'm I really would rather people um, work on skills throughout the year. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, bar muscle ups are coming up. Right, like they've been in the right. the CrossFit Open for the last three years, you know. Yet, you know, people tend to just show up. Um, but to get back to Aubrey's question, um, the one thing that I would would suggest is some level of skill work, but also some level of you know at least one to two days of specific muscle building um, mm -hmm. work because. When you look at 
really any CrossFit Games athlete, the way that they get better is by building muscle. That's why they all look mm-hmm. so doggone muscular. You know, they're not getting that wadding. You know, um, they're getting that by volume of work and right. you know working on skills where you're you're kind of doing it with rest. So that would be the other thing. I- I, I tell people in, in clients and group coaching when they, you know, ask that question, I'm not sure if I'm challenging myself enough with my lifting is, you know, two things you can try and test for yourself, either slow down your movements, do tempo work where you're really focusing on that muscle that you're working and doing it very, very slow or add weight. I mean, yeah. and see if that makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that that I tended to recommend to people during performance-focused fat loss is that if you're going to CrossFit, that you do it for more reps. Now, moving out of performance-focused fat loss, I will be working a little bit more towards RXing weights. You know, once again... I don't do movements that hurt me. I mean, I know, yeah. I know that that's like, that's like almost sacrilegious to say, you know? Um, and, and most people like to think of themselves and, and, you know, Oh yeah, it's not that bad. I think it is that bad. I think what happens is, is that if you do movements that make you feel bad, you know, or mm-hmm. kind of almost to the point of slightly injured, and then yeah. you try to work through that, you know, I'm not a huge foam roller guy, you know, I'm not a huge, I, I'm, I just don't believe in being kind of semi hurt, you know, like, like I was saying with the, the squats. Okay. When you are sore and you have some level of pain going on, your range of motion is compromised. And so you're not going to be able to pull off a lot of the moves that are going to be similar to the squat. So would you be better off, you know, working through that or would you better be better off kind of working around it? And what I do is work around it. Like today, you know, I was working on a lot of upper body stuff and ab work. You know, those are areas that I'm not sore in. And I I do feel better if, if not tomorrow, I'll definitely be probably a hundred percent by Saturday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that people would be much better off if they allowed themselves to work out at a hundred percent doing movements Mm -hmm. with a comfortable range of motion. Yeah. Um, I do think that mobility, I know you don't like to foam roll, but with my injuries, I've, I've really embraced mobility and the importance of that. And I, it's probably coming with age. Um, but having a shoulder impingement and an SI joint when you can't do those movements or when it's hurting, when you're trying to do those movements, I say that is a time to focus on mobility instead of spending time trying to do the movements that are causing you pain, take that time and focus on some mobility work. Well, we need to be clear about what I'm talking about with mobility, because when I'm talking about mobility, um, I'm not talking about like foam rolling before a workout because 
it introduce right. it, it restricts the muscle. I'm I'm much more into active stretching, you know, um, and kind of active yoga type stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm very I'm very much in you know it, it's not a fair assessment. I don't I don't want people to think that I'm against mobility. I'm very mm-hmm. much for um, actively moving, but you know I've done enough research, talked to enough people to know that there might be some value to foam rolling post workout and yeah. and certainly it, it makes you feel better. I mean I you know I'm not immune to having like you know I have <laughs> I have two lacrosse balls right here. You yeah. Know? And so were you sitting on them? You were sitting on them weren't you? I was not. Um but if if you know, if I get kind of like that little alien that lives in your glute occasionally, oh, you know, yeah. I look. I Who was look, talking about that? It was so Janice. Was that Janice? Yeah. That was, oh my gosh, the poor girl. Yeah. Well, when I said the alien and the butt thing, she was, she was oh, cracking right. up laughing. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, like if it's, you know, 930 at night and I have a little you know, build up in my glute, you know, I'll just kind of rub up against the wall, you know, with a lacrosse ball and kind of try to work through a little bit of that. But, you know, uh, restricting the muscle right before I work out, that's not something that I would do. Right. Um, other than that, I think we pretty much covered a lot of ground here. I just think that for people that are following along, you know, it's often really confusing to folks when they're just trying one thing, you know, and so they're, they're just restricting calories or they're just working hard all the time. And, you know, it was sort of like my experiment today, you know, I mean, I, I definitely want people to understand that, you know, cake is not, or, you know, but cake is not the secret to fat loss, right? But, but, but bunt cake is an energy dense food that can serve a purpose at times. You know, one of the things that we'll often hear from people that are new is that I can't get in this much food. It's like, yeah, you cannot get in that much chicken and kale, you know? And then like, well, I'll add in a sweet potato. Okay. So you added 30 grams of carbs. That's awesome. Now we need to figure out how to get the other 200, right? And you know, sometimes energy dense foods helps with that. And, um, and like I said, I think people are going to be surprised. I mean, I don't know what my weight's going to be tomorrow morning. Um, and I'm not overly worried about it, but I think it's actually going to be pretty good. You know, I will, I will admit to something that, that probably a lot of people would not do. I do weigh myself. Um, throughout the day sometimes in in changes like this you know i sort of want to see the efficacy of Mm -hmm. what i'm doing you know right and so you know i know as an example that at 6 30 you know my weight was 180.2 typically you all see roughly two pounds down overnight you know um We'll see how that plays out after my rice checks and protein and stuff like that. But I know that my weight is in a comfortable range. And typically when I sleep, well, I think when we all sleep, most of our weight goes down 
you know, anywhere from one pound to five pounds, you know, depending on who you are. So, you know, that's not something I tend to do. Um, it's not something that, that I, um, is a normal part of, you know, my mental game. You know, I think, I think you can kind of get too overboard with that kind of stuff. But for me, you know, when I'm sort of making changes on the fly, it's helpful to have that information. And as long as you can look at it, you know, I mean, I can say, you know, um, during my performance focused fat loss, there were times where I would go and weigh myself at the nighttime and see that my weight was up a little bit. And so I was like, you know what? Can't do the dessert I had planned, right? So sometimes sticking to the plan is is part of the equation. Um, other times I would see that my weight was down and be like, woohoo, you know, can add in a little snack before bed. So yeah, something to think about. We're gonna hope mine is down in the morning. What now? We're gonna hope we're gonna hope mine is down in the morning. Yeah, either way. Last day. Either way, you've done fine. You're down. Yeah. Your your lowest you were down eleven and a half pounds. I just feel, I just feel like all these folks that are putting in a lot of work, and and mm-hmm. seeing a lot of results, that's not eat perform. That is your work. You own that. Right. You know. And when you look at what I did and what Sarah did, you know, yeah, the framework of eat perform helps that, but. Without the without the hard work putting in, you know, nothing happens. You know, and I, I feel right. like there's a lot of people that want to sort of talk their way into, you know, five percent less body fat. It's like right. there's not a lot of talking that helps that. You know, it's a lot of doing <laughs> that helps that. You know. So, all right, Sarah. Well, Sarah's actually uh, going to be my new co-host. We were still working out the details, but it's gonna be cool because you know from I'll be your Vanna. Yeah. No see I see I think of you Can I the letters? See, I think you're the Pat Sajak though of this situation. You're certainly you're certainly that for you're certainly that for for group coaching. Um all right. Well it was great talking with you sarah you get back to your daughter and i appreciate everybody being here and sherry update us i want to see how your weight's going with your new scale yeah. and stuff like that so put that in the quick start group talk to you guys later Bye-bye. bye guys